And I'm Pat. And this is Y2K Movies. A podcast about the films of the 21st century. This week we are doing a double feature with uh, the podcasting top to my podcasting bottom, Ashers from On Wednesdays We Talk Weird. Ashers, I always love having you on this show because with you and Danny here, it makes me feel like I'm in the middle of a human centipede worth of podcasting love. And um, <laughs> this am is I the it. back this or am I the front? <laughs> no, you're the front. Well, you're definitely the one shitting in our mouths. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is welcome. This is uh, thanks for coming in and talking about the contracted movies. So I, yeah. we, you were bringing up on the Wednesday show. Um, you were looking for body horror recommendations, and uh, I think I brought this one up because this was always one of my favorites. You know, because it's that perfect Venn diagram of like sex and horror. So, other people had had brought it up. I, I had seen both movies before, though. Um, right. You know, I'm you know, and that's kind of what we talked about. I'm not a uh, body horror newbie, um, but <laughs> you know, it's uh, they're they're movies that aren't really talked about. And I'll be honest with you, before we recorded this show, um, whenever I do a movie review show, which which I do like to do from time to time. Um, I like to watch other people review the movie and, uh, man, this one's got a bad, bad reputation. People don't like these fucking movies. People haven't even seen the second one because they hated the first one so much. Um, I'm shocked. I had, yeah. I mean, there, there's one thing that they brought up that I'm sure we'll get to when we get to discussing the first one about the first movie and the marketing that I thought was a little tone deaf, but, um, you know, I don't think they're perfect. They're not flawless John Camp. John Carpenter-esque masterpieces of cinema. Um, but I got to I gotta admit, like, re-watching both these movies back-to-back, like, last night, um, I really dig them. I really do. I like, what they were, I like what they were aiming for. And I don't think that they necessarily scored home runs with these things. But, um, yeah, I think that overall, these are, these are positive flicks. Um, Danny, had you seen these movies before this week? Uh, no, so I haven't. Uh, I've heard about them, and especially with, uh, oh, what's her name? Is in the Najara Townsend. Yeah, from the stylist. Yeah, yeah. So I was aware of these films. Um, I actually really love IFC Midnight, though, um, which has came up a couple times uh, on the podcast. But I actually really dug it. I thought it was cool, and I didn't know that there was a lot of negative naysayers out there and whenever i went on to imdb to like put my shit in uh i was very like i was like whoa i was like i didn't realize that people didn't like this and i think for anybody listening to this if you were one of the ones that did not watch the second one because of the first one you need to watch the second one because realistically at least in my view it's a two-part movie and with how short it is it's definitely something that you can get into i watched a double feature of it last night um, it was to me. It was easy to watch. Uh, I didn't. I thought Contracted was really cool. I did. It, it did look a little like for being not rated. I kind of expected a little bit more uh, graphic scenes, and I didn't necessarily get that. But the actual, you know, the makeup for the body, all that stuff was was abs- to me outstanding. Like you could definitely tell that that's where the budget went was for the makeup, and that's where they sold it. I thought that was perfect for me. I didn't need any anything crazy. I did read that there was actually going to be more sex and graphic content, but I, I, the producers are orthodox and very religious, which 
which makes sense though for this movie also, <laughs> um, because this is a this is a maybe one or two steps above a movie that you would show to eighth graders to prevent them from having sex. <laughs> I will say that, like it, it definitely, like I could see that. And now knowing that the producers were religious and orthodox or like whatever, wherever they are going into, like I was like, okay, that that kind of makes sense. And I'm happy that I read that afterwards. Because I was like, there, there just seems like there may have been a little bit more, uh, but it was completely taken out of the film. So I was like, cool. Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that because I was I was watching um, the uh, pause for laughter climax of the first movie last night, and my son came down and uh, came down from his room to like see what we were doing, and, we, and uh, I let him watch the scene where Riley finally uh bangs what's her name and uh oh, she's got maggots. a pussy full of maggots and i said yeah. that's i'm like that's fucking real don't don't have sex with girls because some girls have maggots in their pussies and he was like really and i was like no nah, she's gonna fuck it and i'm like hey <laughs> scaring them away man no for real like if i like this is the film that i think i would show kids if i was trying to prepare them for uh a horrific sex life however uh at least in my experience, it's not like that. <laughs> so now I will say in eighth grade, it was either in seventh or eighth grade. Um, my father thought it would be funny to show me like, like the old ways of taking care of like the clap. And oh. I was like, whoa, that's kind of rough. Like with, you know, cause it's just a dick full of pus. So, <sighs> you know, you basically have to ring. And now though, that's not at all how it is. Uh, but yeah, I would. I, I saw that. Oh, you take a morning. seat back and it goes away. <laughs> yeah, right. Now it's different. But like, yeah. I saw that, and then I'm thinking to myself, I was like, "Well, this is old." And then uh, he used to drive me to school in the mornings because I got in trouble on the bus. Uh, actually, really weird, and I really shouldn't have done this, and it is super inappropriate. But I think I during that time, I think I was in trouble because me and my girlfriend at the time got in trouble for PDA, and that's why I got. Nope, that's not the time for that bus. So I was on that. I couldn't ride the bus because how of many something buses totally have different. you been thrown off of? Well, okay, so I've been thrown off of two, uh, one ninth grade year and then one tenth grade year. So ninth grade year, I got in trouble for um, trying to be funny and like saying that I was going to blow up the bus, but that was not funny. And right, <laughs> and I learned the hard way. You know, I got arrested and. They well, not fully. I didn't. I never went down, but uh, I was in handcuffs, and my father had to come get me, and it was super weird, and it was really embarrassing because I don't know. It was stupid. It, I was like crying playing... like a bitch the whole time. Actually, I wasn't. Surprisingly, <laughs> I didn't start crying until we got in the car, and he looked at me, and he just was like, "I'm so fucking disappointed," and I was like, "Fuck!" Oh. And then he drove me to my girlfriend's house that I got in trouble with my next year of high school uh for too much pda but i had to go and explain to her and her family why i will not be over for like the next month or whatever wow yeah that so that part was really hard and then literally like a month after that or not even like a couple weeks after that like a whole bunch of family shit start going on so that got swept under the rug and i really never got punished for that because i think i had a couple deaths in the family so which obviously those things were more important sure so yeah but yeah, I basically was like, I said something stupid, shouldn't have said it in hindsight. Uh, 9-11 kept getting brought up a lot with my with the cops and the principal. 
the principal was really cool, told me that he knew that I'd meant no harm. I was a freshman, I think at that time, which, you know, you're a freshman, you don't really, grades don't really, they're not that impacted, but I did have a good GPA. I was, you know, looking to further my education. So they actually slapped me on the wrist with it and only, and put me down for uh, uh, language. <laughs> and I only got suspended for five days. But it was super crazy because I didn't realize how, like, there was just me, one other kid. He was one of my friends, one of my best friends growing up. And then the bus driver had no idea how fast, like, word of mouth just, like, fucking goes. Like, it went, like, like literally, I was there. The phone was ringing off the hook the whole time at the secretary's, like, desk. And uh, my principal was like, yeah, like... I have to suspend you because I've been getting nonstop calls from parents being concerned about a bomb on a bus. And I'm just like, it's not like that. And he goes, no, I know it's not like that. But yeah, that all should happen. And then I got in trouble for PDA like the next year. <laughs> so wow, that was a really long story and a tangent. It didn't have to be that long, but it was. <laughs> I forgive it. So speaking right. of saying really stupid things, uh, Asher's, do you now or have you ever had maggots in your pussy? Um. <laughs> Maybe I'm waiting to make that joke for five fucking minutes, Daniel. God uh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Uh, you know, it happens. You know, like, like you on... said, Petto, you go and you get a Z-Pack and it's all gone. Yeah, you know? Right, um, exactly. Everyone moves on with their life. Um, so this movie, uh, let's start with Contracted One. We'll, we'll start the discussion proper. Uh, IFC Films released in the United States in theaters and in video on demand November 22nd, 2013. And on DVD March 8th. 18th, uh, the day after St. Patrick's Day, 2014. I probably saw this one on demand pretty early in its run. <clears throat> uh, the sequel will come out two years later, uh, 2015. I know that I was anxiously awaiting that, so I have to believe that I saw it close to the 2013 mark. Um, it was written and directed by Eric England. Um, looking up what he did real quick. I don't think there's anything that was like super super kind of jumped out at me um but one of uh so the basic the the story is uh after being drugged and raped at a party a young woman contracts what she thinks is an std but it's actually something much worse and the man that does the drugging and raping at said party is none other than simon barrett who is a screenwriter who uh is working on the new um king kong movie actually and uh, Kong versus Godzilla, the new empire. He's a friend of he's a friend of Adam Weingard. So he also wrote the screenplay for The Guest and You're Next. He was a, a real big indie screenwriter, and uh, those guys all kind of cameos in each other's movies. And Contracted does have a a decent amount of cameos. I gotta give. I don't know if you guys know who Dave Holmes is. He pops up at the end as the therapist with the mom. Um, he was an it was an MTV VJ from the '90s. Very 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 distracting cameo that they felt the need to wedge in there and i was just like motherfucker what but yeah basically uh the story takes place over the course of three days uh the hairdresser is najara townsend plays samantha and she's kind of going going through a rough patch with her uh u-haul lesbian girlfriend and they're separated at the time she's living at home she goes to this party she has too much to drink she gets roofied and raped by uh this BJ character, and then over the course of the next couple of days, starts to uh, display all these disturbing body horror things. Uh, a lot of urinating blood, 
And then there's things with her teeth and eyes and, and, and face and shit like that. I want to talk about the opening opening scene, though, because the film actually opens with Simon Barrett's character, BJ, uh, basically committing necrophilia and then um, going to the party. And th- this is important because over the course of the two films, the mythology kind of expands. And Simon Barrett played BJ in Contracted 1, but not Contracted 2, where the character has a much expanded role, right? But uh, if we're just talking about Contracted 1 here for a second, I got to say, it kind of just establishes this premise of this guy, the the mortuary, uh, either, I don't know if you, what you call him, mortician, or maybe he's an embalmer, or whatever the fuck he is. This guy fucks a dead body, and then later on fucks a girl, and seemingly passes this like zombie disease from the dead body to the girl. Right? That's the only kind of explanation we get. And I right. like that. I thought that was good. Where it goes in part two is interesting, and I don't, and I, I, I kind of like that for a different reason. But with this film, that's the only explanation, backstory, or motivation that we're given, and that worked for me. Did that work for you guys, or did you think that that was too little? Um, it's actually it's based off of a popular urban legend. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, it is so uh, popular urban legend. Girls, girl goes to a party, sleeps with some guy. She ends up with you know, some type of weird STD situation and, you know, come to find out the guy she fucked, well, was fucking dead people. And so she was unclean. Now she doesn't turn into a zombie in the real world, uh, urban legend, but um, that is a story. Have you guys ever seen the movie Aftermath? It's a short film. Aftermath, that sounds really familiar. No, I haven't. It's like 25 minutes long. You can find it on YouTube. I don't even think it's that long. Um, It's just exactly pretty much the opening scene but a little more detail it's about a guy who it works at a morgue and he gets a nice young fresh body in and he has sex with it uh in multiple ways and (laughs) that's it that's the movie (laughs) um i i don't know i just i wanted to bring that up because that's i mean the first thing that came to mind for me because back when i was an edgy teenager you know you used to watch shit like that all the time um but Anyway, I, so when I first saw this movie, um, taking Contracted 2 off of the table while we're talking about Contracted 1, let's just talk about the first movie as its own standalone deal. Mm. Um, yeah, that totally worked for me because, like I said, I, I had been familiar with the concept of the urban lore of the, you know, of that. Um, and it, it was a very, I guess, attractive um, concept. I, I could buy it. You know, somebody taking that that urban legend and kind of expanding on it. Yeah, totally. Totally works. Yeah, I'm down for it. I thought it was I, I thought it was enough, like to get the point across for me. Um, with with only working with you know like an hour and twenty minutes, I guess they didn't want to focus too much on that. Yeah, I um, I gotta say it. It almost made me quite. It was so realistic and so authentic feeling that it made me seriously question if I was uh, someone that worked with dead bodies if I bang one. Like, I know I'd like to say that I wouldn't, but like, I don't know. I mean, that's such a weird position to be in in the first place. Like, how can you even, I I don't know. You can't, uh, Pat. (laughs) I don't think, like, so I had a friend that I wouldn't, I wouldn't, of course not. Yeah. And she says it's, I don't know. I've asked her some weird questions about it because I really wanted to know. I wanted to be like, yo, like, what's this shit? Like, was it, you know, like, does, how, 
does a dick like what happens to a male when they die and shit and she's just like a lot of the times they come in and they're just rock hard yeah. and i was like that's weird right and she goes no not really she goes you know we just stab them and it releases everything and then it goes and that's it and i'm just like have you ever seen like a really like handsome guy because she was i mean she was an attractive girl and she goes there was this one biker that got in a car accident and he died and she goes, and he was literally one of the sexiest guys I've ever seen. And I was like, that's weird to think about because he's dead, right? And she goes, yeah, but I've also seen him completely naked. He literally came in with, like, and she's like, and I would have been totally fine with him. And I was like, oh. And she's, I was like, does it get weird in there? Like, I was like, does anybody, like, make, she goes, there are jokes, but she goes, nobody has ever been, like, at least with her people that she worked with, nobody, like, sexually harassed these bodies, I guess. But in the end i don't know but she was just like it's weird and a lot of people don't know how many tumors they're in their bodies because i was like what what is the biggest thing or like what's the most common thing you find and she goes there's tumors everywhere they're just all along the body and i was like that's crazy well i'm, I'm going to be completely transparent and uh tell you guys a little bit of something that i know a little too much about necrophilia um <laughs> and, and here's the fucked up thing is that when you are somebody that that works in, in a morgue um necrophilia is rampant and i know it's weird but there is like a whole culture behind it so um she's probably not being entirely truthful with you and that's okay right. because i understand it you yeah, know, i mean there's to probably keep her job legal shit right yeah um but it, it is a big deal um as a matter of fact there are like rings of these people that work in morgues that have like uh pres like pr like online presence presences together um who i mean it's weird but kind of like sell some of the bodies for sex and i don't mean like you know take them to the house and all that they'll be like hey we've got this one and this is something that you're looking for and they go yes that's what i'm looking for and then they will have sex with the corpses and i know that sounds insane and nope, it, that's why i brought cool. this up because it yeah, no like I, that, right like <laughs> I, I feel like it happens probably you know. a lot yeah I, I think you would have to um now i mean this is i i meant it as a joke but obviously there was a kernel of truth there also i wanted to set it and i wouldn't have landed the way it did but i think you would almost have to reprogram yourself to look at the human body in a different way because of the way that we are kind of programmed the way that we do look at nudity and the way we do look at genitalia and stuff is that there's a sexual connotation to it like that's what guys like porn is like, like looking no, at titties you're right not and reprogramming yourself it's it's the same reason why like a lot of people who are already abusive people go and be a cop right it's because you're already a necrophiliac so what are you gonna do how can you get right. bodies how can you have sex with them well go to morgue school yeah no i mean you're absolutely correct you're already I mean, a like necrophiliac. it's literally the the fastest streamlined way to get there yeah. You know, which is weird because a lot of people probably wouldn't even look at it that way. But I mean, no, I, I could see, I could see this. There's a whole cult almost like Gamera, <laughs> but, but no, I mean like there has to be something out there like that. Well, because is... I mean, normal people can't just go and, and decide to be a mortician. Like, first of all, it takes a special kind of person to do that anyway. Right. It's never occurred to me. And I, I, I've had lots of different jobs right. over the years, and I've, I've tried to be a lot of different things, and I've succeeded at it. And I've never, ever thought that that was something that I would want to do or even really look right. into. Right. right. So, so the idea that, and I get, I get people that want to be firefighters. I get people that want to join the military. I get people that want to be cops. I get people that want to be doctors, lawyers, all that stuff. That I, I, if, if I don't have the drive, I could at least wrap my head around it. Uh, 
the mortician thing, it's like, you can't figure out a better way to make money than fucking do that shit. Like, cause it's not about the money. It's about whatever other predilections you have that it gives you available, the uh, ability to, um, whatever, you know what I'm saying? And I imagine it's probably not a, a, a booming business. You know what I mean? Like it's probably very hard to keep people and retain people. Um, and, and someone's got to do it though. Right. I mean, we got to have people that do it. Yeah, um, right. so it just happens to attract, you know, I'm not going to say it's, there's, it's, it's victimless crimes happening, but I mean, we need people to, you know, autopsy people and prepare bodies and, you know, this, that, the other. Um, and for those people, then what they get out of it is that they're not out there killing people for their weird, um, I don't even want to say sexual desires. Cause I would think it's a lot more, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like worse than it's deeper than that. It's not, it's not that simple. Um, but then you don't have a bunch of, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer's running around, right? You got people that can uh, fulfill their need, but also fulfill something within society that we need. Um, not, I'm not, I'm not justifying necrophilia at all, but you know what happens? It happens a lot. It happens right. a lot more than you guys think it does. <laughs> no, I was actually going to say basically what you said, but you said it way better. But yeah, I, I think that, that it's one of those things that we can kind of turn the other cheek because it is probably a very low percentage again doesn't make it right but it's one of those things that it keeps it keeps the machine going yeah i mean until it's your family and then and then that's you can't a, really yeah. turn the other cheek there but you know which no. i understand but thankfully <laughs> right. people don't know i guess and that's just kind of the thing about it is i i guess as long as it stays quiet i don't know you know what's the right course of action there i, I can't tell you but um you know some of these people do get caught and they do get in trouble and they do um you know it happens but it takes a lot you know some of the people that get caught doing fucked up things to dead bodies because it's not just it's not just like having sex with dead bodies they'll, they'll also like sell off body parts to the black market and all kinds of shit it's mm. really fucked up but by the time like you find out that they're doing stuff like this um it's like way way too late like they've been doing this shit right. for years right <laughs> so yeah no i could definitely see that even you know what's kind of funny on that is growing up uh watching the burbs that was one of the first times i think i really saw like somebody dealing with like dead bodies like that and i know it's a comedy but it made me like kind of look at morticians kind of like that little guy <laughs> in the burbs uh i can't remember the dude's name uh but it was tom hanks's neighbor and it when they moved in i don't know if you guys i'm sure pat have seen it ashers have you seen the burbs no i haven't okay it's pretty it's a goofy thing if you actually how did how much did you like the new monsters that came out Oh, I like the new monsters. Okay, I loved it. It's fine. Like it's, it, I thought it was really corny and great. I would actually yeah. say that the Burbs kind of, it's, it's not as like corny, but it's like that goofiness, and it has the, uh, is it? I think it's just one Corey. I think it's Corey Helm that's in it. But it has like those guys from the '80s. Super, I don't know, but it's fun, and it's like a little. Think of the monsters moving into your town. And instead of it being from the view of the monsters, it's from the view of the neighbors. Okay. And it's oh. it's it's actually funny. Like I I don't Pato, have you seen it? What the burbs? Yeah. Of course. Okay, I'm just yes, making sure I, that no, okay. that was one of ask anyone in my generation and they're gonna laugh at you because that was when cable first started. Um, mm -hmm. the burbs was on Showtime, probably. And if you're a listener of the show and you're in your forties, please comment on our social media and, and chime in on this one. The burbs was on Showtime, 
four times a fucking day for like two years. <laughs> like, yes, I have seen. I could quote my right. wife's home. Like, I fucking my, I, yeah, yeah. I I know every line of came with the frame. Oh, came with the frame. Um, <laughs> I mean, fucking everything with that movie. You know. Yeah. No, I got gotcha. you. It's a good movie. But then my second time, really, kind of seeing like a like a mortuary or like a mortician was in final destination with tony todd was kind of like the grim reaper but he was also the mortuary guy and that, that's literally kind of how i looked at morticians between like some guy that's a more like the grim reaper and then this goofy guy in the burbs also uh, dan Aykroyd's character and my girl um oh yeah that's her dad and that's why she's got that weird relationship with death because her mom died and then uh you know, spoiler alert, Macaulay Culkin's character gets stung by bees, which actually, right. I, I should need to write that into my Home Alone Tomb of Horror uh, campaign. That <laughs> <laughs> you could defeat, uh, defeat Culkin with bees, because that would be fucking hysterical. I mean, I watched a movie, a, a short film about a guy plucking a dead body who's a mortician. So, I mean, I, I'm, I was pretty well versed in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you got it. I actually have that queued up on uh, YouTube right now. So after this, I'm definitely going to watch it. Yeah, we should mention. Actually, we, it's pretty good. We should mention both these movies were available on Tubi, which uh, God bless Tubi. And I know I said that all the time. But, um, you know, I watched I watched both these movies for free with a couple commercial breaks. It wasn't the end of the world. And then was able to fucking watch Dolmite afterwards. So how awesome is yeah, that? Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I saw that on Twitter. I was jealous. I went on Amazon and fucking rented them. And I really should be checking Tubi out because I, 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 le- I, sometimes I forget about Tubi, even though it's like one of the things that I go to with a lot of movies. But whenever what do you I watch your boobies on? Boobies? No, your movies. Like, what are you, oh, no, like X videos? Like everybody. I was else, like, though. my boobies. I was like, they're real time, girl. No, because like, <laughs> like I have a Roku, and I just I go to the search, I type in the movie, it'll tell me where it's free, and that's where I watch it. Yeah, oh, I I watch it on PlayStation or Xbox. That's my that's my oh. thing. So I typically go on my IMDb page, and IMDb usually gives me a whole list of where it's available, and they didn't have one for either one of these movies, and I was like, okay. So other than Amazon, and I was like, "Fuck it, I guess that's what I'm gonna do." Buddy, just bring but, the twenty bucks. Get you a Roku. It's easy. Okay, I might might do that. <laughs> twenty dollars. That's it. So where do you Are watch? They really that cheap now? Where yeah. do you watch Shutter? Me on my Xbox. Okay, no. uh, I yeah, know it's Shutter not on. Yeah, so for some reason, there's like a weird thing with like playstation doesn't have all the media apps so like this this is something that like has came up when i was younger uh and actually really like cared about gaming but honestly they're both my consoles are just glorified movie players really but uh the playstation is the best for gaming and 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 all that situation but my xbox it's it has every app you could think about because it's it's a computer it's just like your microsoft laptop so that is where i down i try to download all my like Movie watching shit and my PlayStation typically just gets played on. Where the Xbox, that's that's all movies. It has the disc drive. It has everything I need, the 4K, like all that fun shit. I mean, but the only reason why, like, I even justified buying it was one, I turned in some game, like another game console for it, and then the other, uh, and then going out and buying like a 4K Blu-ray player is like. Two hundred dollars. So I was like, "Fuck it, might as well just spend." Which I didn't. I didn't spend like anything on it because I traded a whole bunch of like my older generational stuff on it. 
Yeah, I uh, I asked about uh, Shutter because I had a I know last week it was a scramble to figure out what I could watch that on because I could right. only watch it on Roku. It wasn't Shutter is not on PlayStation for some reason. But, yeah, I don't uh, like that. That doesn't yeah. make me happy because I would I would prefer to. Okay, thanks, Ashley. Yeah, I would send prefer to, the link to, to Roku. Get you one. It's uh, yeah. it, it's great. Like I said, you just search the movie and it'll tell you exactly where to watch it, and it'll tell you it'll give you like the free options first, and then tell you like how much it is to rent it wherever. It's easy. That's so nice of them. Get get back to contracted real quick so we can get on to contracted too. No, no, no. I ain't I ain't, I ain't fucking shitting on the side convos. I'm just trying to keep this train rolling. Um, one of the one of the themes that I don't know if I um if I focused on because of just sensitivity or what, but did you guys get the, the, like what are the two overall themes of this movie <clears throat> is that men are evil and women's bodies are terrifying. Uh, I kind of picked up on that a little bit with uh, Samantha's girlfriend, uh, Nikki. Is that her name? Yeah. Yeah. Nikki. Uh, she like the way that she acted every t- like whenever she found out that she slept with a man, but at the same time, like, isn't that the point? Like, for a woman that's attracted to other women, aren't men's bodies kind of repulsive anyways? Like, that's how... Or not necessarily repulsive, but just not in their ballpark, right? Like, it's not something they want. They, they Nothing happens. It doesn't do anything for them. They don't give a fuck. Now, I could see a little bit of, like, some... I mean, maybe this one a little harder into the more radical feminism kind of state, but... I don't know. I just thought that it, you know, what I said earlier. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that and then the whole scene, and once again, we're just looking at the first movie as its own thing. The whole way that they played the the scene with the doctor when she, which I, I got to applaud the characters in both these movies for uh, having health insurance, even though they, they all live at home, and immediately going to the doctor at the first sign of, of something being wrong. Because in, in a movie like this, you know, that that's a thing that you obviously have to wrestle with. It's like, well, at what point do you go to the doctor? Both of them go to the doctor pretty early on, right? Um, but with just talking with Contracted, like that whole scene with the with the, the, the doctor examining her and asking her questions and stuff, and it, it she seems very, like, apprehensive around him and very, like, and almost needlessly so. Like, he's just doing his job, and he's, he's, he's not being creepy in any way. But the way they kind of film it and, and the way that she's responding to him, it's like either he's being aloof or he's not believing her or he's being too judgmental about her sexual activity or something like that. Um, that scene, that just kind of felt very, uh, it, it built him up to be somewhat of an antagonist. All the stuff with Riley where Riley is, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's also kind of a passive-aggressive weirdo, right? Like, he's not exactly a sympathetic character. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of this stuff, too, like the body horror aspects with her, they center around her vagina, which, I mean, makes sense in the context of the story, like, story what's happening, obviously. That was the point of entry for the virus. So you're going to see her discharge a lot of blood. You're going to see all this stuff. But that just kind of seemed to be like one of those themes was something that seemed to pop up every five minutes in one way or the other, right? Is that, you know, men are bad and, and, and women's bodies are terrifying. I didn't, I didn't get that at all from this movie, um, okay. actually. You know, kind of what... because we're males. It could be. Like, I mean, yeah. but, you know, when you're talking about like her with the doctor, um, I, I didn't feel like he was 
he was weird or bad or a bad guy or anything actually um sam the the girl character is the fucking problem the entire movie right um the entire movie you know but like with the doctor she's the fucking problem because she's not being honest Honest, Um, right yeah i didn't feel that way with the doctor but earlier on like with the with riley's character and nikki and how that all came out but i I feel like those may not be as intense as maybe pat and i think they are I mean, with, like, Nikki, she's not a good person. Like, she's automatically a bitch just because she hates men. Like, and then, you know, then you have somebody like Sam who is obviously very attracted to somebody like that because Sam has some very extreme insecurity issues. And that's my kind of takeaway from it is the way that she interacts with everybody. It's so fucking obvious, like, how damaged this person is. Like, she's oh, for not, sure. 100%. She's not uh, likable at all. She's a horrible person. She's she's a bitch to her mom, right? Mm-hmm. She's a bitch to Riley. Now, he is kind of, you know, he's doing too much. He needs to calm down. Um, she's a bitch to her friend. I mean, she's, she's just a bitch to everybody except for the one, you know, one of the people that she should be a bitch to, which is this girlfriend of hers who's a, obviously a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, like I said, to me, it's more it's more centered around, um, you know, personal insecurities. And that's kind of what it is. I, I never got. Oh, yeah, you I never got men are terrible, um, you know, from it at all. Even with the girlfriend, I never got that. No, she doesn't like men, clearly. But um, and, and I can as a woman can even kind of sympathize where she's coming from a little bit with some of these men. But um you know she was extreme and that made her also very unlikable and uh i don't know i just i have lots of gripes with the main character i don't like her at all well that actually that kind of brings me to the second thing i wanted to talk about was which is the murder spree at the end so uh at at the 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 virus kind of runs its course with her her body begins to deteriorate more and more and more and she's starting to look really fucking bad and um I don't know if they ever explicitly say it, but you get the sense that she is in some form of recovery. Maybe not necessarily Alcoholics Anonymous, maybe Narcotics Anonymous. I don't know. Wait, but yes, they do say it multiple times. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. With the, the drug dealer guy. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so she and does. Do they say it like for heroin? It's so, heroin. I know that's what she does when she goes to the the um, Fat Neil's house from Community. But um, <laughs> she does heroin with the yeah. With no, the I know she does it with him. Okay, all right. So yes, yeah, she's yeah. she's in recovery, and um, she goes and she uh, breaks down and then uses again, and that kind of sets her off on like a murder rampage, where she oh, goes. Everybody and... dead. You go. Yeah. Well, well, she so she accidentally kills Nikki. And then she purposely kills, um, what's her name? Um, Alice. Alice, yeah. Right? And then she sets Riley up Mm -hmm. to purposely infect him. And what is probably one of the most realistic depictions of sex that I've ever seen, where it it lasts all of 40 seconds, and uh, he's covered in maggots by the end of it. Um, that's that's a Wednesday that's, night. That's I'm like, why is he taking so long? Um, no, exactly. I, the maggots that's a married come sex earlier. right there. Oh. That's way the maggots come way earlier than that. I don't know why they were waiting so long to put that there. I was kind of, but it was it, that was interesting too because I, I didn't understand if like the 
the purpose. So let, all right, let's talk. Let's first talk about the first two kills before we get to the Riley thing, because the Riley thing will dovetail nice into the sequel talk. But like killing um, Nikki and killing Alice, I get that the Nikki one was kind of an accident. But how does she just turn into like this person that goes around choking people? Yeah, like, I don't that, really think the Nikki one was an accident. No, that was felt, very unpurposed. Yeah, I felt like it was. She knew what she was doing. It was. It was the fact that she wasn't accepting of of uh sam and it it was a oj scenario you know like if 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 you're not gonna have me i'm like we're dying where a kid did it and she took the blame for it yeah that's what it is (laughs) no it was uh no she she very obviously murdered nikki because she was she wanted to be with her and nikki did not want to be with her yeah, I don't. I mean, that was that. She she choked her to death. She killed her. Yeah, and then she put all that blame on Alice instead of herself. So she but I don't went feel and like killed she, Alice. I don't feel like like I don't tie the I don't tie like the using the drugs into a murder killing spree. Like like oh, yeah, in I my mind, I don't think I don't think there was enough really to do that because he he even says, "Hey, take a little just like to take the edge off because you are recovering." You know, I mean, like I've she, seen people snort heroin before. They can't even tie their shoes, let alone go on a like fucking murder spree. Like maybe that was just the heroin they were doing. I don't know. I feel but, like the only reason why she went on a murder spree is because the whole point of this is that she turns into like a zombie. Yeah, like, that's it. Like that's just, right. Like, so it's kind of like Dawn of the Dead, right? When when what was it? Two thousand four. Dawn of the Dead came out, and it was like an aggressive. You become aggressive before you go like full zombie. So maybe that was just part yeah. of the transition, which I could see, which honestly, real quick, out of zombie films, I actually really like this. Like as as like that zombie genre, especially the second one, I thought it was really cool. And I really wanted this. I want this franchise to keep growing. I don't know if they we're going to get a phase three, but I thought that was cool. I wasn't expecting a zombie the first time I saw it. I, I was expecting that she I would eventually, you know, deteriorate. We know she's a zombie because we see her die at the end, and then she right. wakes up and tries to kill her mom. <laughs> That's what we know, you know. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Skipping it's to all the good. end there. All um, spoilers. But it's not. You don't get that at all the entire fucking movie. There's no, like, hint of a zombie until, you know, really the first hint of it is when she starts killing other people. Mm-hmm. you know so yeah the decay just kind of i mean to me the decay was a lot like cabin or not cabin no uh ca- uh cabin fever yeah cabin fever oh yeah so yeah. the decay that which i thought was really cool too i just i don't know the whole decomp scenes and like just her degrading over time and then whoever else was doing it with her like i was just like this is some really cool makeup <laughs> Yeah, they did do a really good job with that. Um, you know, so I, I get people's gripes with it um, because, you know, obviously, like, it, if you were actually somebody in this position, like, the, these are not the things that you would do. Like, <laughs> you would go to the fucking hospital and any doctor would send you to the fucking hospital and you wouldn't put a tampon in and then immediately get into the shower. That is the most unrealistic shit I've ever seen in my entire life. It bugs the shit out of me that she does this. Yeah, that was a little weird for me. I'm not gonna lie Super, to you. I was like, wait, why weird. did I was like, did she just I was like, okay. Women don't shower with tampons in. Like, right. See, I didn't know that. And that's obviously that, that this was written by a male screenwriter. Because I, I wouldn't have known that. I would have I would have had her put two pa- tampons in. Because that <laughs> the floor was heavy that day, right? That's what you do. Um 
Not a shower. Yeah, I think this is this is one of those, and and then we can kind of we can move on to the Riley stuff and wrap up contracted one. Um, I think this is one of those examples of, you know, people do stuff in the movie, and sometimes it's because of a deeper theme or uh, or vibe that the filmmaker is going with, and sometimes the reason that characters do one thing in a movie is to set them up for the second thing to happen. Right. I don't know. Like, why does she put the tampon? It's because the screenwriter didn't know enough about female anatomy and what, why women do the shit they do. Right. This was written by a guy about a girl experiencing body horror. Um, probably one of those situations where representation does actually matter. And they should have had a female screenwriter write this movie because it probably could have been a hell of a lot more, um, at least accurate. <laughs> you know, and was the stylist was the stylist written by. Oh, yeah, a that woman? was. Jill yeah, okay, was, I was going to say, yeah, because yeah, we, we complimented a lot on that, and uh, she plays in that as well. Yeah, and then as far as, like, the, the murder spree and stuff goes, it's like, is it because she's, you know, she's just, she turned into a zombie, or is it because of this or because of that? It's like, well, look, how else was the movie going to end? With her not killing everybody? Like, no, the fucking the end of the movie, she's going to kill everybody. And then, you know, I thought the ending was, was strongly, but, like, the Riley thing, okay, focusing on that now, because it will bring us to the sequel. Uh, Riley is the nice guy. He's, he's the, uh, the lovelorn puppy dog that comes up to her, goes to her work and shit and whatever, and is kind of seen as an mostly innocent character. And maybe like, like Asher said, he's trying a little too hard. He needs to fucking chill out or, you know, get some, get some, uh, placebo pussy to fucking clear his mind. But he, he's very focused on her. And when given the opportunity to finally consummate that, he takes it despite the red flags and despite the fact that she's obviously in some kind of having issues and he fucks her. And that ends up being his own undoing. The, the, the sequel contracted Two, follows him in his story. Right. But the fact that she would go to such great lengths to kind of seduce him and bring him in and then give him what she obviously has. What, what do you guys make of that? Is that once again, is that a, is that a character note or is that just the filmmakers wanted to do this? So they just have her do it. And we're just left to rationalize the explanation. Well, the easy explanation would be you think just that. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I think that the, uh, the easy again explanation would be that it was put there so that there could be a second one. However, I think that it does go into her personality trait, and I think that she has always probably been like this. She was probably controlling. Uh, Nikki is probably who she really is on the other side of relationships. So Nikki was somebody that like showed her like maybe what she has done previously, because I mean her and Riley were together eight months before, so. And he just couldn't get over her, kept following her and all that fun stuff. Oh, I missed um, that. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't so, realize they were a couple. Yeah, so they uh that's why like he kept coming by and that's like when he's like, Are you talking to that uh bartender still? And like there was so Riley had or at least maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong, but I could have sworn that they were like they that's who she was with before Nikki. Like she left him for Nikki. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I really don't know. I, I, Damn. yeah. Cause I don't get ex-boyfriend vibes from him. Well, she kept saying to the doctor that the last time she had been with a man was like eight months or 10 months or whatever it was. Right. 
No, you, um, you definitely get the feeling that Nikki is her first lesbian relationship. It is, right. Yeah. But I, I, I guess I had never made the connection that it was with Riley. I just thought Riley really, really liked her. But, I, I, you know, I could be wrong. Um, I could have missed that. I don't think that her seducing Riley and, and passing this virus on to him had anything to do with her character. At that point, I don't believe that Sam was a character anymore. I believe that you know psychologically sam's dead and the only reason why she's spreading it to riley is because he's an easy target and at this point she is in being fully controlled by the virus and a virus's whole point is to live so it's going to spread to other people it's so weird how three different people have totally different perspectives on a movie <laughs> yeah i mean but that's like why it's cool to talk about it right yeah right, exactly yeah. i think yeah. it's neat but that's my that's my perception of it at that point in time sam's not here anymore you know she's right yeah no i take that as well i take that as well and i i I stall as riley as more of um the victim of being taken advantage of being manipulated and just so that she can kind of get whatever i don't know whatever basically sam's gone but there might be just a little bit of her left just clinging on to wanting to feel wanted or something and riley was that uh was the drug since Could be nobody that else too. wanted her. I don't know. That's kind of how I was taking it. Now I am I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I did watch this last night pretty high. <laughs> so like I so last night my wife and I we went to like this high school uh performance of high school musical and uh because I had some employees that were in it and I wanted to uh you know cheer them on and my wife was driving so I was like oh I'm totally gonna get high so I went high I, I went there got high Chilled out in this auditorium, watched this high school musical thing play out. It was actually pretty entertaining. It was really cool. Uh, the singing was legit. I'm not going to lie. They did. They had some really good voices. I was like, damn. But uh, then I went home, put this on, and I was like, all right, let's go. And I'm pretty sure I ate another edible with it. So, yeah. by the by, I could have been creating my whole own like love story <laughs> in it. I don't know. But... Because I even just try to look it up, but I can't find anything on it. But I don't think anybody's really going to try to push something there. Yeah, on Wikipedia, I think they would have. They would have. I don't oh, know. I, you know, I didn't even think about looking at Wikipedia. I'm so stupid. <laughs> well, Wikipedia, it, it did. Uh, if you look at the Wikipedia for Contracted 2, which we're going to talk about right now, uh, released at the um, Select Theaters and On Demand September 4th, 2015 by IFC Midnight. Um, the Wikipedia page for Contracted 2 misses one very important detail about the ending, which we'll get to when we get to the end of the movie. So, uh, yes, being that this is a double feature, we're going to now talk about Contracted Phase 2. Came out uh, a couple years later. Follows Riley's story, who wasn't exactly a sympathetic character in the first one. So using him as the main character for the second one seemed... um, like an odd choice, but I mean, it more or less works. Both these movies are mercifully short. This one is actually shorter than Contracted 1. Contracted 1 is about an hour and 20 minutes. And this is maybe a little, like about that? Or I don't know. They're both they're both under 90, which is great. Uh, yeah, this, this one's 84 minutes. Yeah, this opens with the end of the first movie. And um, also... Something that we didn't talk about with uh, BJ's character in the first film is that when you see him, uh, well, it's it's never s- explicitly shown, but when it's when it's 
heavily suggested that his mortician character is fucking the corpse, you see that he has an, an Abaddon um, tattoo on his hand, mm-hmm. which is the um, like the Hebrew name for uh, hell or like the underworld or whatever, right? And this is something that we see in the opening scene of this movie as well, is a, a character uh, in a... I forget what they're doing, but once again, it's a character in in a medical setting with that tattoo on their hand. What's interesting was that, is that, you know, something that we didn't dwell on too much talking about the first movie is that in the background of the first movie, you get the sense that the police and authorities are kind of after this BJ character that raped, um, what was her name? Samantha? Who was it? Sam. Sam, yeah, Sam. that raped her uh, at the party. That the police are looking for him, and then it has something to do like they have they they have an idea that he's spreading something or that he's got this virus, and you don't really know what they know about him. You don't really know that much more about him, just that the authorities are looking for him. Okay, mm-hmm. and this film takes that concept and blows it up. So we're left with the aftermath of what's essentially day three. And uh, phase one uh, contracted the first movie is takes place on days one through three, and then contracted phase two is basically days three through six, and they they use that labeling periodically throughout the film. Um, so it is a direct continuation of the first film, and builds upon that. So the murder spree that happened with Sam, with her killing the people, and then being shot dead in the street, and all this stuff that happened. The police are talking to Riley about it, what he knows, what he doesn't know. He lies about a lot of stuff. And there's only there's kind of two plot lines in Contracted 2. There's the police and there is Riley. And the, the two really only intersect at the, at the beginning and the end. And in the beginning, he's being questioned by this detective who has the most bizarre accent. It, it's got to be like... New England or, or not or New Zealand or something or, or I don't know where she's from but um she's interviewing him and he's lying about everything he's lying about uh going to the murder scenes he's, he's lying about stuff with Alice stuff with Liz or I'm sorry stuff with Sam and uh you don't really get the I mean I don't know I I, I think that was kind of a weird decision for him to make he's he didn't really do anything wrong but the fact that he would kind of fuck Sam and then see the dead Alice's dead body in the bathroom and then leave and not say anything to anybody is like bizarre. There's some, this film starts to slide off a little bit. There's a lot of really bizarre character choices that I think you get to the point where you can only really attribute it to not great writing. Um, and there's a couple of those, especially the ending. The ending is is fucking bonkers. Um, they bring back the BJ character from the first one. He's played by a different actor now. Now he's played by Morgan Peter Brown instead of Simon Barrett. He's given more to do. You kind of get the impression that um, he's part of some kind of cult or that this is very well organized. He seems to be immune to the virus, that he's actively 
trying to spread to as many people as possible. He's cultivating some kind of zombie army. Uh, the official logline of this movie is Riley searches for a cure for, to the virus that took over Samantha before it consumes him and the entire world. But really, it's it's not until like the last 20 minutes that this turns into like a manhunt movie. And that doesn't exactly work out for him that well either. He just kind of happens to be in the same place at the same time with BJ at the end. Um, right. Do you guys want to hop you, in real quick? Or? Yeah, did you notice that in the first movie, uh, on day three, uh, they t- Alice tells Sam that they caught him. That they oh, caught BJ. That they caught the killer. I didn't notice that. Yeah, and then in the second one, he, he was on the loose. He wasn't even caught or anything. They were still looking for him. But that is something that I realized... Uh, within the first like 15 minutes of the second one i was like wait a minute didn't they catch him because well, i thought this back se- to back yeah i mean yeah I like that's know. and that was that was the only reason why i was able to get that because yeah. i think if if i didn't i don't think i would have been able to see any of that like well, i don't think i would have noticed it and it, it, not not knowing that but the opening scene which is the person in the medical facility with the abandoned um abandoned uh tattoo on his hand it mm-hmm. couldn't have been. I mean, at the end, you find out that it's not BJ. It's actually Samantha's doctor from the first film um, that is part of this cult too, which exp- could retroactively explain if if he was acting weird in the doctor's office scene. But I don't think that that was intended when they made Contracted One. Um, yeah, it's like you know that BJ from from almost immediately after uh, her rape scene and and. Um, contracted one you know that the police are on the lookout for bj too so bj so how is he at his job working that wouldn't have made sense but then mm-hmm. you realize okay maybe it's a, it's a different doctor yeah but uh it was it was interesting with that and i'm not i didn't let that like i didn't hang up on it too hard like i said i actually enjoyed both of these movies uh i think being back to back like that is the best way to watch it because i do think like if they would continue this franchise i actually think this is something a streaming service would probably pick up and make it like a mini series um i think it'd be really good especially if they even played it out like maybe like 28 weeks later or something like that i think that they could i think this could be really big um however i don't know if we'll ever get a third one or where this will go but for the for the second one with the different actors which by the way i don't know you were talking about cameos earlier and i'm not sure if you're familiar with justin benson and aaron moorhead yeah i actually okay so i really like their movies uh they play they do a lot of cosmic kind of horror psychological spring spring endless sea chronic uh and resolution and I haven't seen something in the dirt yet. That's the only movie that I, I I'm waiting for uh, a friend of mine to have time because we watched all these movies together. So we're just waiting to get that. But yeah, something in the dirt is was their latest uh, film that came out. But they were the police officers towards the end. Whenever they were like, "Hey, we got a like a call on this at the hospital." Yeah, yeah, they're outmanned. And it's so funny because they were labeled as handsome <laughs> yes. officer and less handsome officer. And I thought that was so funny. <laughs> but acting in the movie, for some reason, their part to me was like the shittiest acting part of the whole movie. And I was just like, they could have done better. But it like they knew it was like supposed to be almost like a comic relief in a sense. And again, it was just with their buddies. Uh, I, I want to say Matt Mercer and who is Riley. Uh, Matt Mercer and then the other guy that wrote it the last time is England. Um, they were buddies with with those two guys. Yeah, I uh, 
I, whenever I, I have a, a long history of appearing as police officers in movies and, um, I always get myself billed as racist cop. Racist just, even, even if I'm not saying or doing anything inherently racist, right. it's just, it's a, just a funny it's character. Just note. Goes. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. The Dave Holmes cameo from the first one is more, more distracting. And the, the I'm going to just bring up this one scene real quick. And then I want Asher's to talk because she hasn't in a hot minute, but, um, that scene in the, you know, there's a scene in the grocery store in this movie, which is kind of like where I, where I, I really caught wind of it falling apart is that uh, Riley is driving around looking for BJ and he decides to stop at like a convenience store and he goes in there and he buys a, um, he buys some rubbing alcohol, a box cutter, a bottle of whiskey, a sewing kit. Right, and he's all fucked up looking, and and the guy behind the counter is this this actor Richard Ryle, who he was in Office Space, and he's been in like a lot of different stuff. Um, he's kind of he was in Casino. He's one of those like that guy actors. Like as soon as you you, you know who I'm talking about, he was a guy in the convenience store. You recognize him from yeah. many different things. Yeah. He and then the and then Riley goes, oh, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> Like, you know he's going to use all this crazy shit you just sold him to obviously perform surgery on himself in your bathroom. You really want to have to clean that mess up. Because I will say this, looking Contracted 2 versus Contracted 1, Riley is not as uh, keen on cleaning up after himself as Samantha was. Samantha always made a point to clean up the bathroom after she, like, hemorrhaged blood everywhere, right? Oh, my God, she'd always have to clean it up, and it would be clean at the end of it. Riley doesn't. Riley will go to memorial service, fucking ejaculate blood from his face all over your bathroom mirror, and then turn around and straight up go to a bar with a bitch. Like, does not fucking care. Does, he's not He's not trying to clean up. <laughs> That's it. Um, which, this is obviously, these people are in their 20s, right? Because they all still live at home with people, and they're hemorrhaging. They have, like, Ebola-like symptoms, and they're still going to, like, work and they're still going to like bars and shit like if i have a sore throat i don't leave the house for three days dude i was thinking the same thing i was like (laughs) if i ever had anybody come to work like that i'd be like what the fuck are you doing here like that's crazy yeah and then for the guy even like the the restaurant manager in the first one to be was his name george or michael or whatever he was like uh Come, I need you to come into work anyway. She's like, I don't really feel great. Like, and he's like, I don't care. Just make some and salads just, before you go. <laughs> yeah, and then and then like, but also like, she's out here like handling all the food without gloves on. I was like, what? The, like Ugh. by this time, I want to say by this time in America, it was already a law that you, if you were in the food handling or any service like that, you had to wear gloves while handling food. Uh, I want to say that changed around 2013, 2014. That's when it became like a law. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I was kind of grossed out from that just because, you know, I've been in restaurants and stuff. But I was like, fuck. And also, I already knew what was going to happen. Right. I'm I'm surprised they went with as little as a fingernail because those fucking fingers were. Oh, my God. I thought they were going to rot off. Like, I thought that was what was going to happen. And I was actually kind of hoping for that because I've been like, that would have been bad ass. <laughs> Well, just like the tampon in the shower shows the screenwriter was clearly not a female. Uh, <laughs> these people never worked in the service industry either. Like you can, 
that would not fucking happen. But anyway, enough from us. Asher's, what, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts on Contracted 2, please? I've been waiting to say this for a while. Um, <laughs> so, Pat, the reason why the police officer had a weird accent is because this is a Canadian movie. They're all from Canada. It's a Canadian accent. What? Uh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was filmed there. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah they're both both Canadian Canadian movies. Um, okay. I, mm, I, I didn't care for Contracted Two. Um, initially, when the first time I had watched it was a couple of years ago, and I guess maybe I was a little more lenient then. Um, but I felt like it was okay. You know, it wasn't terrible. I I still wanted more, and. I don't know why I initially thought this, but I had felt that there was going to be a third one and then it just hasn't, hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I've watched both movies back to back, I, I, I don't care for more. I, I like the mystery around the guy. I don't need a fucking weird cult backstory. Like that's what, that yeah. ruins it for me. Um, I don't want none of that shit. I, I like the fact that it's just some fucking guy that she had sex with at a party and he's out there spreading some kind of disease. Why isn't he rotting away? Why did Riley, you know, because initially it's like when you start the second movie, you're like, okay, well, Riley's going to be fine, right? Because it's a guy that's spreading it. So maybe guys can't get it or maybe they're just the carriers, right? Like, um, like in HPV, right? I was going to say like HPV. Yeah. Right. It doesn't really, it doesn't affect men like that. You know, it affects women like that. Um, but, you know, that's what I assumed. But no, that's not what we got. And so I still don't really fucking understand why it doesn't affect BJ <laughs> like it does everybody else. But okay. Um, you know, but it just kind of ruined the magic a little bit for what the first one was for me. Um, and uh, I just wasn't crazy about it. I don't care that, like, we don't like Riley or whatever. I didn't like Sam either, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm cool with that. And, you know, she dies eventually or whatever. I mean, that's fine um you know i I don't it's okay i mean that's really all i've got to say about the second movie um guys will literally fuck anything um and that's why (laughs) this is why this started in the first place do not (laughs) not it's it's our fault i mean over here fucking a dead body well and we know that from you know just even riley fucking her in the second like are you serious guy have you seen right. her eyeballs like and you're gonna stick your dick in that like that's oh. not see, that's like, i didn't I, that that was like i understood at the end of the first one when she had like her hair over her face and like she was trying second, to like sure. hide her right and then that and then it disappeared i'm just like i'm sorry but i'd be like ex- what is, are you okay like <laughs> right there's a point where like i understand when emotions are high the best thing to serve somebody is dick, right? Like it's sure. like, it's intimate, it's romantic. However, look, it's not. You don't do that when it's the flu. No, you don't. Like, <laughs> we don't. Like, no, you need to. This is where you 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 stop thinking with your dick, and you really need to use your brain on this one. No, because literally, I'm sorry, I don't even care if it is the uh, the the chick Sam Nashi or whatever her name is right now. Navashi, what is it? <laughs> I, so, I I know what you mean. Yeah, but I accidentally I clicked off my IMDb notes of the cast. Anyways, so but like with Sam, right? Like Sam's cute, but like there's a point where you got to be like, you know, this chick looks like a zombie. That's what <laughs> this, I'm saying. Like, and you're okay See, with fucking her? Yes. You know like, why? Because dude, you've never been catfished by internet pussy before. You know how many times I thought a chick looked like one thing, and then I show up at her apartment at two in the morning, and she looks like a fucking zombie. 
<laughs> like this shit happens, bro. And this was someone that he, him fucking her was the most realistic part of that movie. Because when you have a fucking hard on for a girl, especially one that like friend zones you and you've been fucking jonesing and beating off thinking about it for that fucking long. And then you get the call and it's game time and you're being called off the bench, right? Fuck yeah, you come in hard and you're ready to go. And who gives a shit if one of her eyes look like, you know, someone drew out and it was white out or something. You're fucking going in there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he only freaked out about maggots in the pussy after he came. Right. Well, I don't know if he came. I, I yeah, don't, I, don't I think, think he I just gathered. pulled out because things were wiggling in there. Oh. He says it's all tingly and all wiggly. Right. I, okay, yeah, that's so, that's good on. pussy right there, Daniel. Thank you for having some type of moral compass, Pat. Oh, I'm just. Um, I just. I don't know, man. There's a point where, like, like even if my wife, like, if I, it's been a minute and she looks like shit from the flu, I'm gonna be like. You want some more medicine? No, I you like know, it. She I, might, no, you know, like no. I don't know, man. I, you know, like well, I, I've also never been, you know, catfished online. I, I was always more just like my collection of uh, physical media. I am. I was always a more classic. Go to the bar, meet people. Go out to places, meet people. I didn't really care. I didn't use the internet for that. Oh. Um. Well. But yeah. But now I would obviously use it to like talk to them afterwards or something but like i never really it was always face-to-face stuff but pat also on your point like i mean you're not wrong buddy like you're really not like i can't tell i i understand exactly what you mean like he 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 knows what she looks like he knows so the fact that he walked into a darkened room and she's got her hair over her face a little bit and like she's kind of turning away from him like he doesn't need visual confirmation of who he's dealing with he knows what she looks like he has jerked off thinking about that face a thousand times he does not need to see it in this moment right and yes is is he being now does this mean that he's being predatory and he maybe gets what he deserves i think so and i think that's the point that the movie's trying to make is right. that he's getting what he gets because he's being predatory he is not in, he's not an innocent in the situation mm-hmm. i don't maybe he doesn't get what he deserves but he walked into it right like he could have been like hey you're not in a really good place right now we shouldn't do this or like this isn't the time or like come here like i i told you i'm your friend first and and, and all right. this stuff um but I mean, I don't know. I and let me say this about a sick wife: sick wives that run fevers, it makes their vaginas <laughs> even warmer. Okay, when a chick's 104 degrees and she's 60 <laughs> degrees above fucking whatever, you feel that from head to toe. You feel that everywhere. So uh, I, I know. Totally I'm not, have I'm not sex with that... a sick wife. And oh not no, no, no that's fine. Like. That's fine. I have, and I will in the future. I'm just I, saying. I love that, it when like, they're feverish. I'm just saying that for me, you know, I I don't know. Per, when they're sick or anything like look when i'm sick i turn into a baby and i just want to sleep and not talk to anybody just leave me in the dark room right i try to kind of put that sense in my head but also at the same time no you're right because i'm not gonna lie think shit dude when covid happened and all that stuff was going on and like we had no idea what we had i was kind of like fuck it let's like i still want you (laughs) like i don't care like you know what i mean like there's still that that part of barbaric in my brain but like I don't know. I think sometimes that's with this, like in my younger, somebody you haven't fucked before. Right, and that's they, what I was going to say. Their entire my, mouth is fucking scabbed over. Right. You don't like one. I don't want that. that, dude. I'm not trying to get a blowjob from a snake. 
Like he didn't try to get a blowjob. He banged her on the on the cough on the on the. Yeah, but see, that's another thing. Like that, the the way that he was acting, and I get it. You know, I, I was in my, you know, I had my early twenties too, but I still had like these little rules and guidelines because you know I didn't want to get fucked over with anything. I never wanted to be accused of anything, and I always wanted to make sure that like we were also going to have a good time. You know, like I always wanted to make sure that that was going to be it. So. You know, like the way that that happened, of course, I have, I love a quickie, right? I love just getting it in there and doing that. But also, if that, if that is their first time, I'm going to tell you right now that that's not going to be the way that I would do it the first time. I want to make it a little bit more memorable, you know, I, slap I, you in the face. I'm just joking. <laughs> just mushroom stamp you or something where if I never see you again, you're always going to remember that that guy right there, he hit me on the forehead with, with his dick. <laughs> No, I'm I, just joking. I, I, but, I think part of that was was cinematic because you're thinking. Of, I, I thought about like them doing it on the on the uh, the little like dresser like that, right? How, how? But when you think about it, when you think about what the goal for that scene is, it wouldn't mm-hmm. have really worked if it was missionary. No, but think of this real quick, okay? So this is the first time with this chick. You're kind of getting into it. You're going to tell me that you're just going to go straight in there. What if he would have went down? ate her out and that shit happened in his mouth i mean and i look i'm going to tell you right now i think that'd been worse than it happening to his dick because nothing nothing really happened to his dick it's also a movie so they're not going to show his fucking dick ever like so if i think if he would have went down ate her out and that shit happened which obviously though she probably would not let it happen so i get it but but she's still you know, human enough to be self-conscious about that. Yeah, like I, I think that she would have probably. But you never know, you know. Some like in a situation like that, she's up on the like a bookshelf or like a, a table or something. You know, she everything's it's still kind of dark, right? She keeps her tie her thighs kind of tucked in, so he goes in there, you know, comes out looking like the Joker with maggots on his face. Like, could you imagine? Like I'm picturing it right now, and. I think I don't know if you guys have been seeing on Twitter, but there's like a lot of movie things like going on, like saying like, oh, like uh, tag a picture of your favorite or like that one movie scene that really did it. For, that would have been it for me. I'd been like, fuck that. I never want to see that again. <laughs> that have been that's terrorizing. Like to me, that is terrorizing. The I think that, that would have been a more effective scene. Yeah. Yeah. Like I that would have blown my mind. But also at the same time, I understand that that it was like supposed to be kind of like an in and out situation it but again if it's if it's the first time you know don't you kind of want to show the chick a little bit of tricks something to hook them something to come back i don't think riley has tricks i think he was just <laughs> i think <laughs> i think that that plays more to his character is that he was just such a fucking wanted it so bad wanted it so bad that like it just ignores all the red flags on the which hey it's not right. like i think women probably invented the term red flags like it, it, we're not you know he doesn't own that that's that's something that people do all the time they ignore red flags because they're just focused on what whatever their goal is right that they might mm-hmm. not stop to consider the fact that they maybe their goal shouldn't be their goal in the first place so right. he, he obviously but uh, you know what as a dude and as a dude that's been friend zone before like i got that I felt no, like that, I felt, yeah, that's you know, why I was agreeing with that. Like I'm yeah. like I've I've I know what you mean by that one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> it's just but also in those cases, you know, it wasn't just an in and out situation. I, I showed or you know, you kind of show, you know, why you deserve to be off the bench. <laughs> At least in that play. Uh, you know, it could be I don't know, I just feel like 
like Riley's character was more emotionally attached. And I felt like typically with those kind of things, I would have put a more emotional sex scene with it for him. Maybe not for her, but like with him, like he would have cared more. But also at the same time, Pussy just kind of turns every, like us to goo, right? Like it just, we don't think, we don't do anything. Dude, like if you think about high school of what you did before Pussy and after Pussy, everybody could be a rocket scientist. <laughs> but there's a point where Pussy, <laughs> weed, and movies, I'm okay with that. I don't need to be a rocket scientist because one, I'm higher than they are right now. And then two, Pussy's just amazing. Well, the Earth is flat anyway, so being a rocket scientist would have been a dead end job for you. Um, I, you know, I want to, I want to slightly, slightly disagree with something that Asher said about her and appreciating the mythology of the original movie more than the second. I think that the first movie executes its mythology better by being, um, by being abstract and like almost non-existent. But I, I gotta say, I don't think that they. I have a lot of issues with the way the mythology of the second movie is handled, but I do want to, I would want to see a third one. Mm-hmm. I would like to see them figure it out and expand on it because, you know, it's a, it's this weird hybrid of like conspiracy, occult, apocalyptic fucking zombie group. That's viral. Yeah. Right? What Something is that this? we kind of lived in. What is this group? What's their, you know, how did they engineer this virus? Why is he, why is he somehow immune to it? And other people aren't, you know what I mean? Did he spread it to her through sex? Is that what happens? Because if you look at like when he gets the blowjob from the hooker, like he comes in her mouth, but then he also injects her with something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that was to knock her out and then, or whatever. And was she the one? He also injects Riley with something in the hospital. Or no, at the bar. He injects Riley at the bar. Right. Which I guess maybe that's just a drug so that he can take okay, so is the is the hooker is was she the zombie that was put up on the meat hooks? Yeah, that was suspended. Okay, so then shit, like. Yeah. So then uh, the only I would like to see this more expanded because of that kind of stuff right there. What if this man, like other than the end, right? Like that's all we just know that that was his end goal was just the end. What if he was making a fucking army of, of zombies or like, I don't, I don't know. As, well, his, as outlandish his, as that sounds, I just think that'd be really cool and interesting. His goal. I don't even, I still don't understand what that final scene in the hospital was about. So, so uh, Riley spends, you know, uh, he, he slowly comes to grips with, with what's happening to him. And then he kind of goes on the, on the lookout for BJ to, I don't know what he thinks he's going to make him do, give him a cure or something. And uh, never finds him, but uh, is apprehended by the police at the drug dealer's house and is then brought to the uh, hospital where BJ shows up with a bomb strapped to his chest and a machine gun. Yeah, see, and that was I, a- and yeah. that took a turn that I didn't expect. Well, I don't the, think the, they quite knew what they wanted to do with that either, because he—you don't—you need one or the other. You don't really need both. If you're gonna blow things up, just fucking blow things up. What do yeah, you need the like, machine gun for? You then he uses the machine gun to shoot everybody. It was very—it was very like we're gonna give him this and we're gonna give him that, and and it didn't. I still don't get what his goal was. Was it to blow up the hospital? What's that going to do? Did he think it was going to spread the virus somehow even more? Like the virus seemed to be spreading pretty good on his own at that point. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See, I thought, yeah, no, I thought about that too. And I was, I, one, I, blowing up the hospital, I don't think would, uh, you know, spread it because an inferno basically kills viruses right like that's the whole point you know if we we can even look back now and look at covid like how were we handling those bodies well they all got cremated so i i I don't know like there was a point where with the the back bj that i just i felt like they i i agree with asher's on the he should have been more mysterious and that's why i would have liked to see it extended because they could have made him into something really fun. I don't know. Shit. I mean, this this stuff's not that serious. We could he could have been like a Doctor Evil, like kind of type from James Bond or something like that. Like I don't know. I just think that like there was there was multiple directions to go. Maybe they didn't think they were going to get the funding to continue it because there was an after credit scene. I don't know if you guys watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So oh yeah, you guys commented on it right with the Doctor coming back. So the doctor from the first one, you know, he comes back and he's going to start what he, or finish what I guess that guy started. Um, but like, that's the part where like, I want to see that more. Cause I do think that there could be a universe or it's, you know, the franchise universe of this, I think it could be impactful and I think it could really scare people. I, I do. I just, I don't think that you should have people of religion producing it. And I don't think unless if they do, then you need to go full bells and whistles, right? Have the graphic content, have all that shit. But I, I don't like, I don't want it to be used to push a message of like, hey, don't have sex until you're married or something. Like That's whatever. Which I don't think the second one had producers that did that, but we know the first one did. But I would have just enjoyed seeing BJ turned it something, you know, more so of this mysterious, almost like a, uh, a man of the shadows, the coughing man, the deep throat of 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 this. But and then he is the final boss, maybe at the end of of a whole you know line of these things, um, or his son, or something corny like that. I don't know, <laughs> or a whole ring, like a whole ring of doctors, like they're all a part of it. And it's like every every doctor that you know, like shit from uh, Atlanta, Chicago, New York City, like every major city, the best doctor there is as actually a part of this cult and you know they're they're kind of like grunt workers or like the morticians and they help like spread they're like the soldiers you know they spread this shit and we don't even know about it and the doctors are over here treating it and maybe it can even be like an allegory on the medical system in general right like how we treat cancer how we treat this and and different shit like that if you want to go on a, on a more conspiratorial route but I don't know. I think that the, I think as I'm hoping that in the future, when any aspiring uh, filmmaker comes out and they do see this, that they do kind of take these tropes and they, and they turn it into something better. Right. This is a good uh, layout for it. I just, you know, t- 2014 IFC midnight probably didn't have the right budget or, or these people clearly didn't have the right budget and they just kind of did what they could. I liked it. Yeah, I think I think the potential was there. Um, I just think they kind of they they didn't capitalize on it. You know, I think that'd be more interesting actually to like see it wrap around and seeing it as this thing that is controlled by the United States medical field I mean, and I, like. I think they'll fuck it up. Cool. I think if there's one it thing that we we learned from part two, if there's one thing we learned from part two is that we'll fuck it up and. And to go back to what worked with the first film, keep it simple, stupid, because the right. w- once you start answering those questions, 
you, you know, having a handful of unanswered questions isn't necessarily a bad thing, but sometimes when you start answering those questions, you start giving the wrong answers and then right. just the whole thing kind of falls to shit. Uh, last thing I wanted to bring up real quick, and, and we don't have to go full tilt in conversation on this, but I couldn't help but be um, watching both these movies kind of be reminded by It Follows, which I thought was another great um, horror movie kind of built around a sexually transmitted disease. And uh, I just wanted to get like real quick thoughts on that movie. If you guys have them, start with that. I didn't like it follows. You didn't like it follows? No. So I didn't like it follows either. Why not? It's boring. Yeah. Boring. (laughs) It was boring. Like it was, I I understood what it was and I understand what it was meant to do, but it was fucking boring. Boring. It's stupid. You have to like learn to live with it. It's yeah. Like I, I don't know. I felt like it was kind of a mess. I felt like they tried to make it like in the 70s or 80s, but it was modern at the same time. Like they had these weird phones, but I I don't know. I just felt like it was, I don't know. And the pace was kind of off for me. Now I've watched it twice. That's it. I watched it once in theaters, was super fucking disappointed in it and, and went home. And then I was like, let me try it again because one of my good friends absolutely loves it. It's one of his top 10 ever horror films. He's just like, it's just so deeper than what you think it is. And I'm just like, or it's not. And it's just not scary. Like to me, I understand the premise of it, right? Just having, having your past or having something uh, follow you, whether it's you feel dirty, whether it's you hurt somebody, you you know, that kind of shit. Um, And I get that. And yeah, no, that's kind of understandably like, scary but to me it's not scary because everything that's part of my like past i mean it's open right it's aired out like there is i'm not hiding from anything at least i don't think i am <laughs> but like to me it follows i the people that really of my friend group that liked it follows there was there was more of a i, I don't know like a distrust like they they had issues with other people in their lives they had like this weird sense of uh some always looking over their shoulder that kind of shit and to them it's scary like honestly the friend one of the friends i'm talking about he actually is like he loves horror stuff but he absolutely hates being chased like seeing seeing people being chased with no way to actually protect themselves obviously with it follows you were not getting away from this thing right and it will always be following you. So for him, that was like one of the most terrifying concepts you could think of. Now, the movie itself he liked, but really it's just that concept terrified him. Now, for me, again, I just thought it was boring. However, yes, I did see your connection between it. Um, I actually like contracted more than it follows. Yeah, I could I could see where you're getting where you're picking up Fuck. it follows from. I might need to rewatch that. I never heard so I never when that movie came out it it, it got a lot of praise. Um I I dug it. I didn't like the ending. I didn't like how they kill it with the with the pool and the fucking electricity. I thought that was really stupid. It doesn't die. Don't yeah, it doesn't it. die. And they, they don't kill it. It always haunts them. Remember they just live when they're with it. Yeah, they live with it. How do so they it's live? like So it, it's because it, you know, they live with it. They you live with and this concept, it isn't. It's another STD, right? So they they just live with it. <laughs> they live with the fact that whatever they have, they just have. And it, apparently, it's it, it'll follow you until death. So you can either die, or you can live with it, and then die. <laughs> so they're spending the rest of their lives on the run. Is that how it ended? Yeah, that's how it ends. Yeah, yeah. See, 
You see why I didn't like this movie? Because <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Like, to me, I literally, like I actually didn't know how to end the movie, so they were just like, oh fuck it, we'll just have the characters live with it. There are two movies that I've been in the theater that I actually was very disappointed in. It follows, and uh, the other one I didn't have any expectations, but I was drunk and I walked out of it because I literally thought it was that bad. But it was Slender Man. Um, those two movies, uh, like it follows. If I wasn't with the party of people, I would have left because, and and that would have been the only other movie I ever walked out of. The only other movie I walked out of was Slender Man, and again, it was probably because I was drunk and I just couldn't stand it. I was like man, this is bad acting, man, this is bad. <laughs> I was like, I just can't do it. So I, I left and went right back to the bar that I was at. <laughs> Holy shit. All right. But yeah, it follows to me. Like, <laughs> you know, it's there. Like, you definitely can see it. Well, I have to, well, maybe I won't rewatch that one. But, I mean, uh, you know, if you liked it, you liked it, man. A lot of people really liked yeah, it. Yeah, like, everybody liked it. Like, literally everybody. It was huge. Um... But yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that I don't know. Even Quentin Tarantino thought it was overrated. And oh, I remember called it shit, his, and like everybody got mad about it. And I'm just like, I don't think he's wrong. His jab at it was it follows everything but its own logic, which I thought was oh. very clever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Asher's any final thoughts on the contracted movies? And do you want to give people your social medias? Where on the off chance that there's anybody that listens to this show that doesn't know who you are, uh, where where can they find you online? <laughs> well, I do, I do still have a lot to say. Oh, um, no, go ahead. No, no that's it. Yeah, yeah. Say it all, girl. Say it say all. It. Right. Clear your notes. Um, so where, okay, I'm trying to kind of backtrack in the conversation of where this thought occurred. Um, it doesn't matter. You know, here's my thing about the contracted movies. Again, I really like the first one. I would have rather watched the second one be more of the first one um, where maybe you know we kind of do start getting some answers but we're working backwards and then maybe in a third movie we are finally we finally reach some type of conclusion um i feel like the weird cult stuff um was just kind of fucking weird uh, that's too much we, there's no need for that this is a zombie movie let it be a fucking zombie movie the mm. second movie wasn't a zombie movie and like that was the fucked up thing about it is that the first right. one was you didn't know the first one was until the end I expected more zombies in the second movie, you know, and um, I, I would have been happy seeing that, seeing the the survivors, Riley, whoever else, turn into zombies. And then by the end of the movie, maybe word gets out locally, you know, to some type of authority figures. Oh, you know, with the police, like, oh, my gosh, there's zombies now, um, you know, and and then go from there. I, I didn't need more BJ in it. Those scenes were terrible. They were boring. I didn't like them. Um, I I wouldn't need an answer until all the way at the last one actually i would have been happy if bj himself had succumbed to the zombie virus and we didn't get an answer from him either you know because he was right. just another fucking bystander of it you know um that's what i i would have rather have seen um i like the first movie well enough i you know i'll if brought up i would watch it again the second movie nah, i'll probably never watch it ever again um <laughs> uh just because i wasn't uh just wasn't crazy about it um you know, and uh, yeah, I, I but I do see the connection, I suppose, with it follows, um, you know, because they're both evil STDs, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I suppose there's the similarities there, but it follows contracted is a better movie than it follows. If that's what you're going for, if your goal is to, you know, 
look for a movie about abstinence, I guess. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I actually think that uh, I, I do think contract would, again, I think that would scare children more in that. Like if that's if that was your goal, then it follows to me. It follows was corny. Some of the CGI and it was not the best. Uh, this was very practical effect. It was just layers and layers, you know, of 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 makeup, and you could just peel at it. And even in the second one, they were able to achieve that pretty well, um, especially with the the person that came in to see Riley, you know, while he was yeah. working, and she was just digging in her skin. And to me, actually, I'm not gonna lie, that part I was like, what the? F-? I was like, that's gross. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think I really do agree. Asher's with what you're saying with the one and two. I think the only reason why I see it differently is because I saw it back to back. If I had a year or yeah. two of a difference, I think I would have been disappointed with the second one. Uh, but because I literally watched it as one movie, I think that's why I enjoyed it as much as I did was because I didn't have a break in between. I didn't have to wonder what was going to be next. Um, I do think BJ should have been like, I, I like the idea of him coming to his own creation and then the third one maybe uh them finding like almost like a you know he said it follows with a connection but i also here and there was feeling like saw vibes or like like something around the saw franchise definitely um, with the with, second one yeah yeah with not necessarily with like the kills or anything like that but like between jigsaw or what's his name billy or whatever and then bj like i kind of like just the murdering part like the people behind it um obviously one's motives are totally different from another's motives but there was just this i don't know i felt like they were woven together but uh yeah i could see where if people saw the first one 2014 2015 they didn't see the second one until a year after yeah i'd have been a little upset about it because you expect more zombies at the end of it you're like you oh, do good, no zombies. i thought there was going to be more zombies i did <laughs> i thought it was going to turn from this weird decaying slow burn zombie film into this fast action packed like almost like a dawn of the dead kind of situation and it didn't but also at the same time again i wasn't disappointed at that because both movies to me were one movie <laughs> and then oh, really hard if we time. got it Make if it we got to the a third movie, one. Uh, I had sucks. to pause it multiple times. Because How many times really, have you seen it? Uh, this is the second time I've seen both. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And the first one, I had no issues at all. Um, actually, I, I was kind of in the middle of something, and I was like, well, let me go ahead and turn this movie on. And I actually stopped what I was doing to watch the movie. And that's kind of rare. Um, I have I've talked about it before. I've got really bad ADHD, so watching a movie anyway is really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the second movie, yeah, I had to pause it like four times and walk away and come back (laughs) because i just couldn't (laughs) it just wasn't keeping me um i don't remember it being that bad when i first watched it like i said i remember and i said it on the show i remember the second one being all right um not as good as the first one but it was all right and this second time watching it i'm just like oh i don't i don't like this one um the first one gets a lot of hate uh and i see why just because it, it you know just as characters like you can't relate to anybody none of their actions make any fucking sense there's no logic it's all out the window um but if you can let go of that i mean it does hold your attention and you know it keeps you entertained for the whole the whole movie um mm-hmm. and if there's a third one i would still probably watch it even though i don't like the second one i, I would still give a third a chance mm. um so that's what i have right. to say Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I, also, 
Sorry, Pat. Real quick, did you mention with the writers of the second one and how Riley's character was a writer of the second one? Oh, he was a producer on the first one. I saw oh, that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah, so I think that's why Riley had this kind of like personality change because it was his own fucking character. <laughs> he was like, the first time I was kind of this shitty or this like kind of puppy dog guy. Now this time I'm, you know. Who is that guy? Control. What else is he in? Does anybody know? Uh, not, not nothing. I, I don't super, know. Um, n- nothing that was like really groundbreaking. I know Matt I've seen Mercer. him before. Yeah. Yeah. No, he does look familiar. I always have thought of him as the poor man's David Duchovny. So, like, I've I've seen him before, and I just don't know where. Um, I don't know if you guys also kind of had that, like, uh, maybe from like just different angles, but he definitely looked like Mister X Files. Um. No, I don't really see anything else that I would see him in. Uh, but they, yeah. they did have something come out that was called Dimension Part 2. And uh, Matt Mercer is a writer on that one. And Najara Townsend stars in that. And it's a black and white film. And I'm thinking about watching that. I actually have it on my watch list now. Because I do. I like this group of people. Like, I do. Like, I like Najara Townsend. I, I've... Uh, the the Matt Mercer guy, he's fine. Like I don't mind him. But the fact that now knowing that he's in all these other part like these other kind of small movies, I dig it. And it, it does make me want to look more into him. And it could be because of those other two guys that made something in the dirt and spring and all that. But I don't know, there's just sometimes you find these group of people that keep working together that are more on the independent or low budget spectrum of filmmaking. And I typically support their movies because they are good. They just don't get the production value or the marketing like uh, like a Marvel, Disney or anything for, you know, these bigger, bigger scenes. So, you know what he was in, which I never saw, but I always wanted to um, put it not enough to actually go see it. <laughs> he was in uh, Beyond the Gates, which was a 2016 horror movie featuring Barbara Crampton. That's about a uh, VHS or VCR board game. Do you remember that? I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was because they used to, that those used to be a thing back in the eighties where like you would put a videotape in. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen uh, staying alive or stay alive? I think that's what it's called. Stay alive. And it's like a video game and they do the same thing. Actually, dude, I'm looking at this trailer right now. I might watch it. It's only an hour 24. Yeah. I'm adding it. And it's on AMC Plus, which I'm just going to go check out Tubi first. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That looks pretty cool. It looks uh, it looks right up your alley if you're part of Shitter. I mean, Shudder. And <laughs> if you are a fan of any of the VHSs, it does look like it, it, it would be one of those like little bits. Which I am. I like all that shit. I like shit. Like, what can I say? <laughs> Ashes, do you want to give your social media stuff? Or oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> For whatever reason, you don't know who I am or you don't already follow me. I am Ashley Hilt on Facebook. I'm the one with the red hair. Or you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at It's Ashers. And uh, and if you're not already, go listen to on Wednesdays We Talk Weird. Um, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Listening to Y2K movies? What's wrong with you? Go listen on Wednesdays We Talk Weird after you listen to this episode. Yeah. I mean, it's good stuff. Good stuff. 